Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Bitsy, hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase I'm Betty, I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about gorillas, urine, crude juice, lubrication, ghosts, devils, and bombs. Let's get on with the show. As you hear this, I, with any luck, with if everything goes right, am in Uganda. I don't know if it's Uganda or Uganda. I will find out when I'm there. I hear it said both ways. So I'm going to do it like 50-50 here in this podcast. <laughs> but I'm recording this early because if it all goes well, the day this comes out is the actual day that I will be tracking gorillas in Uganda. Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do this forever. Oh, I mean, I when I'm traveling, this is something people talk about. And I'm always when I hear it, I just, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to do that so bad. It's expensive. Uh, and it's difficult. And, uh, you know, it's kind of far away. <laughs> uh, part of the reason I'm going is just like, say, the jellyfish in Palau or, um, you know, the animals in the Galapagos or anything where they're only a certain place in the world, I'm afraid that eventually that's only going to be for wealthy people because you can charge more because people really want to do it. So when I first started traveling and I would hear other travelers talking about going to see the gorillas, the gorilla permit cost $350, which is expensive. Uh, but then a couple years later, it went to $500. And then it went to $750. This is in Rwanda. Now I was planning on going to Rwanda. But just like two months ago, they raised the gorilla permit, which is for one hour, and you're not guaranteed to see them is now $1,500. It's just it's too expensive. So in Uganda, it is now uh, $600, which still for me personally 
is extremely expensive. <laughs> but if I don't go now, it's going to be cost prohibitive. So the other thing is, they tell you, uh, you're going to have to hike through the jungle. And this isn't like on a nice little trail. We're talking to wear gloves and it's going to be hot out and you have to like push your way through the jungle to get to the gorillas. And they say it's three to nine, three to nine hour hike one way. <laughs> I was telling a girl this on the airplane and she said, you're sort of laughing maniacally. <laughs> Because this sounds crazy. It could be an 18-hour hike in the jungle <laughs> to see the gorillas. But I've always had this dream. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not hoping for this because I, I, I'm not going to be... I know I, I can't have that high an expectation. But I always wanted to be groomed by a gorilla. <laughs> I've heard stories where a female gorilla will come up to you and like pick at your shoulder sort of like uh, to take bugs away like they would do to each other to like groom you. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? But just to see them will be exciting enough for me. And uh, there's some other funny things about this uh, gorilla tracking. I know you guys are listening to the podcast, different podcasts, and I know it's all gorilla talk all the time. <laughs> But here's the thing, that with the gorilla and that giant hike, I'm hoping that I look old. <laughs> I don't say that very often. I'm hoping I look old because I heard that there's different gorilla families and they will sort of size up the hikers and they will take the younger, fitter people to the gorilla families that are further away and the older people to the closer gorilla families. So if there's a bunch of young people that day, then maybe I'll get to do the short hike. <laughs> but if it's a bunch of retirees, I'm, I'm going to be doing an 18-hour hike in the jungle. Okay, and here's another funny thing. I've been having to get all these shots, uh, and I'm sure that's not surprising to you. But this is what's surprising is uh, I read in the book that uh, there's a place where you can actually hold baby chimpanzees. Gosh, can you imagine that? But you have to have proof of all these shots. You have to have a current TB test, and you have to have uh, a current flu shot, and of course, yellow fever, and all these other things. And this is the funny part. This is not so I don't get sick. This is so I don't contaminate the animals. <laughs> it's for the health and safety of the animals. <laughs> So I'm getting all my shots for the animals. So hopefully I will have seen the gorillas and I'll be able to tell you about it in the next podcast episode. Uh, the other thing that's slightly humorous about this trip to Uganda, or slightly weird possibly, is that, okay, you know, I've been talking about it, I'm writing fiction and thank you. I've gotten some uh, some other nice reviews. Oh, that's so nice of you. You don't understand how joyful that makes me to see a positive review because it's just very personal. So um, the Tar Maker, which is book two in the Tar Collection, I'm editing now. And then the third one, one of the characters just so happens to be going to Uganda. <laughs> so one of the characters is sort of coming with me. Does that not make me sound like a crazy person? Yes, I'm going with my imaginary friend to Africa. <laughs> now, but what I'm really saying is that I will be writing that story in my head as I'm actually having my own personal adventure. So in a way, in some surreal kind of way, that character is sort of coming with me to Africa. Okay, 
It might be official. I'm crazy. So, standing there in the galley. Oh, also, same flight. Standing there in the galley, and um, this is back when we had duty-free, so I'm putting away the duty-free cart. And the line for the bathroom was obviously pretty long. This was a flight from um, Atlanta to Lagos, Nigeria. Oh, those and are always interesting. They sure are. And so it already had <laughs> been a, a neat flight, and a man comes back, he says, I need the bathroom. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, it's right there. And he said, no, I need it now. I was like, okay, well, there's a line. I'm sure you can ask someone if they want to let you go in front of them. And he says, no, I'm going to go now. And so he whips it out and starts peeing right next to my shoe. So he peed So right he by just you. whips it out and starts peeing about five inches from my shoe. So the first thing I could think to grab was the duty-free magazine. Oh. So I grabbed the duty-free magazine and I hit him in the face. You hit him? I hit him in the face. <laughs> and I, that. I thought you were going to... Hide his no, private parts. No, no, not at all. I was not in the mood. And uh, so then he starts yelling at me, of course. and For hitting him. For hitting him. But then a bunch of passengers actually came to my, my defense and started yelling at him for whipping he. out his private parts on the airplane. About Wait. 45 minutes later, the same man. No, the same man. Same that you man. Hit. Same man that I hit comes back and he's like, okay, so uh, what can I get for $10,000? I was like, oh, there's there's quite a bit in the duty-free catalog. And he says, no, what can I get from you for $10,000? So I had to politely inform him that I was not on the menu. You're not for sale. I'm not for sale. But the only thing that I could think of at the time, being a brand new flight attendant, it was my second trip ever. It was your second trip ever? Second trip ever. And you hit somebody? I did. I did. (laughs) But the only thing I could think to say was, sir, the seatbelt sign's on. (laughs) I need you to go back to your seat. I had a Zurich layover. I've only been there. This is only my second time, so it was exciting for me. And I took a hike near the hotel out into the pastures, and uh, there were cows and beautiful green fields and people out walking. It was a Sunday felt actually like a bit of a utopia. Everybody was nice. It was so pretty. Uh, And then as I was walking, I I started hearing music. So I was like, hark, (laughs) I'll go there. And here I was trying to be uh, healthy, get a hike in because I need to get in good shape for the gorillas, the gorilla hike. So uh, I found a beer garden and they were having local music. It felt like a festival. So I sat down and had a beer. So much for the um, uh, healthy hike. (laughs) But the music for this episode is from that beer garden in Zurich. Uh, The funny thing that happened during the hike is there were a lot of people out and people out strolling their kids and uh, people would greet me, uh, which was very nice. And I thought they were saying, Bitsy. (laughs) So I was like, Okay, that's must be hello. So I'd be like, Bitsy. <laughs> Some next person would be like, Bitsy. And I'm like, Bitsy. And they, they would look at me funny. So I, I asked the German speaker the next day, I'm like, were, they, were people saying Bitsy? And she's like, no, it's actually, I looked it up. It's G R U E Z I. Gritsy? Anyway, it sounded like Bitsy to me, but they were th- probably thinking I was a bit. Crazy, crazy, bitsy American. 
Yeah, we were going from the airport to um, the hotel. It's about an hour drive. Where and, were you? Um, Guyana. Oh, Africa. And, uh, South, South America. Oh, South America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we don't fly there anymore. Um, right. About an hour drive. Way, right? Yeah, it's very dangerous. Um, hour drive to the hotel, so I made a big bottle of crew juice. Oh, the beast. I still love that. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was New York it based, so it was always crew yes. juice. And then about an, um, halfway into the flight, you know, the pilots want some, and we were all drinking yeah. it. It's a big, big water bottle of crew juice, and we... Hold on. Yeah, it's a little tipsy on... on um, it was not normal, and then hour there, you know, the pilots go get, um, go get beer. So oh. we go do a road trip. Don't sleep. And then um, uh, we go... Straight to the um, the pool, so we're having a good time, or you know, we're hanging at the pool, you know, drinking beer. Crews go wild. The whole crew's there, and um, the pilot went to to his room to go get something, and like 45 minutes later, like he didn't come back. So we're sitting away in the crew, and then next thing you know, there's three uh, um, hotel staff coming to us looking for us. Um, telling us the pilot's not allowed um, outside <laughs> to leave his room. He's been like sequestered because he had so, too much to drink and they wouldn't let him leave the room. He had to go sit in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the corner. middle of the day. <laughs> I've mentioned before that I use essential oils to try to help myself sleep uh, in crew rest because we, I know when you guys are on a long flight, you're very relaxed. You're in for the long haul, but you know, we we're working. So it's like hustle, 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 run, run, run up and down the aisles, up and down the aisles. And then you try to go to sleep and it doesn't work very well. So I try to look for miracle cures and I have my essential oils. They don't always work, but I figure, Hey, they can't hurt. And recently a sister of mine, uh, turned me on to magnesium oil for sleeping for like better quality of sleep and relaxation. And you're supposed to be able to absorb the magnesium better transdermally. Uh, So I put it on the bottom of my feet before I go to sleep. But uh, I really can't do that for crew rest because I have pantyhose on. I'm not going to take the pantyhose off. I don't have time for that. Uh, So I just spray it on my forearms. And uh, I think it helps with my, you know, my oils and my magnesium oils. So I like to share my uh, cures with crew members and lots of times they're strangers they're people i've never met before and it's time to go to crew rest everybody's sort of in a hurry because you want as much time down there as possible and i'm like hey uh do you want me to lube you up before you go on crew rest and they look at me like she's crazy (laughs) what the heck is she talking about i think that might be inappropriate Then I had to explain, oh, no, 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 uh, uh, I've got these oils to put under your nose and on your hands, and then I've got this magnesium oil to put on your forearms. And then usually people like that because uh, they're up for an experiment. <laughs> you know, you can't get in trouble for oils. You know, you're not supposed to take Ambien or anything, uh, any sleep aids. But, you know, hey, some essential oils, that's on the up and up. <laughs> So I should probably change my nomenclature instead of saying, hey, do you want me to lube you up? Maybe like, hey, do you want me to oil you up before you go on crew rest? I don't know if that sounds any better. Yeah, this is my grandmother's house. So anyway, she lived in Mexico City and she had this house. I went to visit her the first time. She had a maid that lived with them in the house. It was just her and the maid. Munda is the was the housekeeper, the lady that lived what there. The maid, Munda. 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 
but the courtyard had like when you walked in the front door it was shaped like an L and it was all window glass so you could see all through the courtyard and then the walls are up dividing the next houses oh, wow. so it's all enclosed yeah but there's only one door in and out of the courthouse like I mean the court yard yard and it's through the kitchen so I went out there to lay out and my grandmother was gone and Munda left to go get groceries she would always walk to the market with her little bag so I'm laying out there in the sun my little bikini I come back to come back inside and the door was locked wait a minute there was only one way in and out and the door was and locked. I went out when nobody was home so oh. then I couldn't come back in so then I thought okay well Munda must have gotten back oh yeah unloaded everything and locked the door so I was kind of irritated so I'm laying there going, I can't believe she did this. And I'm going, Monda. <laughs> so you can't get anywhere. I can't get anywhere. I'm just stuck out there. Right. And so I'm yelling, Monda, Monda. But again, that whole inside shaped L is glass. So you can see all the way in the house. So I'm screaming. She never answers me. I'm really loud. Just nothing. I'm just frustrated as I'll get out. And I see the front door open. And here she comes with her bag full of market stuff. And I was like... She locked me out there before she left. You know, I must have thought she left, and she didn't. So she comes, she looks at me, and I'm going, I can't get, you know. So yeah. she comes around, she's laughing, she's hurrying. She gets into the kitchen. I said, why did you lock me out there? She says, I didn't lock you out there. I said, yes, you did. She says, no, I did not lock you out there. I said, you didn't know I was out there, but you locked this door. She says, no, I did not lock that door. And I said, whatever. So then a couple, a week, about a few days to a week goes by, and I'm in the bathroom, in the guest room where I was staying. And I'm in the shower, and I hear something like the toilet roll, like going, and I thought, I cannot believe she's in here cleaning while I'm taking a shower. You're irritated again. I'm irritated again. I open the, you know, teenagers get irritated. So I open the glass thing, and I look at her, and there's nobody in there. Was the toilet paper? No, it wasn't spinning. I heard no more noise. I closed it back, and then I heard it again. So I opened it again. Nothing. So then I was like, oh my gosh. So I take, finish my shower, get out, get dressed. I go downstairs. I said, Munda, why were you cleaning in the room when I was in there taking a shower? She goes, I was not in there. I said, you locked me out last week when I was, and my grandmother was sitting there at the table, and they were having coffee or something. They were just sitting there. And I said, and now you just went in there and cleaned the bathroom when I was trying to take a shower. And she goes, no, I didn't. I said, well, yeah, you did. Nobody else is in the house. And my grandmother goes, did it sound like a toilet paper roll spool spinning? And I said, that's exactly what it was. She was putting the toilet paper roll back on. I said, did you do it to somebody else? She goes, uh, no. And then my grandmother goes, you didn't tell her? And Munda goes, no. She goes, what? She goes, the house is haunted. And I said, no, it's not. She goes, yes, it is. I said, it is not haunted. There's no such thing. So I was so mad. And so then they said, yes, it is. Well, then it was like a couple nights later. I'm laying in the bed, and the light in my bedroom goes on and off, on and off. Really? On and off while I'm laying there. And I was like, well, in Mexico, I grew up there. Well, you know the electricity comes and goes, and you can lose hot water. So I thought it was just a surge. I didn't think anything of it. I'm laying there. Then I go to bed and um, I hear 
it was the weirdest sound out there. And so I go running out, out of the bedroom and they're sitting there watching TV. So I said, okay, it's just them. The, you know, the old people right. sitting there making noise. They don't even know they're making noise because they can't hear themselves. Right. Well, she had an opening in the um, family room, like upstairs. There was a den right outside the guest bedroom. There was another bathroom and two bedrooms over there. Then you go downstairs. Well, right outside this guest bedroom I was in is a big hole that looks down to the first floor. Oh, nice. And the piano was under that. So we're all sitting there watching TV. I just sat there with her, and I said, well, I'll just sit out here. And you can hear the piano. The piano starts playing. The piano started playing. I, I'm not making this up. I was there the whole time. So now I'm like, who the heck is here playing the piano? And they both go, the ghost. I said, there is no ghost. They said, yes. So I look over, I run over there and I look, and as soon as you look, it stops. Wow. But it was Nothing. Playing. But it was playing. I mean, somebody was playing on the piano. That same trip, I was there. They had a rotary phone, you know, back then. And, yeah. And when you, she had two phone numbers that went to that house. And one of the phones upstairs was the one that was connected to the one in the kitchen. Well, if you're in the kitchen, that's the only one. If you were in the kitchen dialing out, the phone upstairs would go the seven numbers, whoever was dialing downstairs. So we were all upstairs and the phone started doing that. So then, that, then I said, okay, something's creepy. So then I went it home. It wasn't until then you thought something it was It was then is when I really started. The piano and the, the piano, phone is yeah. when I really started freaking out. So then I come back, and the next time I came, I, I brought a friend with me. And one night, she and I are in the guest room. There was two, there's three beds in that guest room. It was a big bedroom. She goes, there's something wrong with this house. And I said, oh, yeah, it's haunted. And she goes, are you kidding me? And I said, no, it's haunted. She goes, oh my God, she starts freaking out. I said, oh, and it's no big deal. I said, the piano will play, the phone or whatever, and if you're in the shower, it sounds like toilet paper roll, but that, that's all they do. She might lock you out. Telling her everything. Well, now she's telling me more things that have happened to other people. One was my dad, who is very anti-ghost. So when I got home and I asked him, yes, when I got home and asked him, he said, yes, it was true. But what happened is in the middle of the night, people will get woken up because the covers will come off their feet. They would hear, uh, I mean, they would feel somebody rubbing their feet or touching so their feet. Touching them. Touches them. I'm surprised that they actually touch. They don't usually, well, I guess there's not a usually no, for ghosts. This one did. And that's how they knew it was more than one. Because it happened to Munda, too, and it was children. So we don't know if it was the children of this lady, her and her two children, but um, crying, crying. You could hear children crying. I mean, I did, this isn't stuff I experienced. Yes. It's stuff they did. So she went downstairs to make breakfast, and I'm getting up to get ready, and I look over at the chair, and I just started freaking out. One of her pictures that she had was turned upside down and hung in the same place, upside down completely. I know, no, I mean, you have no idea. I mean, I remember like it was yesterday, it was awful. She had medals come off the wall that they, same thing had been done to her that it, it would move stuff around while she was sleeping wow. yeah this, um, so it was just that was it this fighter that i knew she had a house in idaho and she would leave to go on her work trips and stuff and she'd come home and all of her appliances from the kitchen would be in the bathtub like her toaster her blender every appliance in the would, bathtub would be piled up in the bathtub <laughs> So every time she came home, she, she just had, had to, to get it out, but it never bothered her or anything. <laughs> just 
move this stuff into the bathtub. Oh my god, that is hilarious. For the most part, I would say uh, at my airline and uh, European people who usually fly to Europe, it's a pretty good group. You know, they're pretty together. Everybody has a good work ethic. You know, we have fun and laugh and it's, you know, it's good. Uh, but there's a couple oddballs. You know, there's always a couple oddballs. That's just the way, you know, if you have any number of people, you'll have a few odd ones. So on this last trip, there was a girl. Uh, I liked her. She was just a little different, and um, she had been talking about someone who had accused her of stalking them. Um, the conversation kept going down odd paths, let's say that. Um, and, like, there was a lot of contradictions, let's say that. But uh, I, I'm not judging her. Hey, everybody has their own beliefs and everything. But she, we're in the galley with one other flight attendant. There's so three of us. And she starts talking about how she thinks she's cursed. And... Uh, I'm kind of like, ooh, okay, we're getting into odd territory here because uh, I don't know that much about curses. You know, I don't have a lot of background. Um, I was thinking maybe I should go up to first class and get something to eat. You know, maybe it's time to <laughs> run off. And the other girl is like, uh, so who cursed you? And she was like, well, I think it's the women that my husband had an affair with. And she had earlier been talking about how she was very religious, very Christian. So... This other girl was like, well, how does that, you know, work with your faith? And she's like, oh, no, yeah, you know, it's, it works with the faith because the faith, it's all, it goes together because they're the devil. And I was going, okay, we got devils and curses. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to go see what's left up front. <laughs> I just hightailed it out of there because there's some times that I want to stir the pot and ask questions. Uh, I like different subjects, but I just kind of felt like this was, um, you know, time to skedaddle. But I was thinking about there was another girl, another time where I stirred the pot just a little bit more. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about it at the time in case people would recognize who I was talking about, but it's been a few years, so I think I'm safe to uh, at least bring it up. So we had briefing and everything. I'd uh, never met this girl before. Uh, pretty girl. Fit. Anyway, uh, we're walking down the jetway to the plane, and she starts telling me that her house is possessed by the devil, and that her husband is possessed by the devil. And I was kind of like, well, this is some, you know, you know, we're getting right to some conversation. You know, we just barely told each other our, our names, and now we're getting into possession and devils. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, so in the jetway still. So we're not even on the plane. She's telling me, oh, yeah, my husband beat me so bad he put me in the hospital. But it wasn't my husband because he was possessed by the devil. And I was thinking, oh, my, you know, she's kind of like a battered woman. But I guess it's more interesting to be beaten by the devil, to be like in a grand battle with the devil than to be beaten by a, an abusive husband. You know, uh, I kind of like avoided her a little bit on the, the flight because I was kind of like, I, you know, I don't. You know, you don't want to say to someone like, hey, maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's your husband. But, you know, it's not my business and I don't know her. Uh, so I left it at that. And then we were staying at a hotel where they had a, a complimentary breakfast. So like five crew members were down there at the same time because it's free breakfast. Woohoo. And she starts talking about it again. And all the other crew members are like, every time I would make eye contact, they'd be like rolling their eyes and kind of like, don't egg her on. Don't ask her anything. You know, let's just have our breakfast and go. And she was saying how she started talking about that she had recently moved. So I said, oh, so then uh, you got rid of the devil. 
And she said, no, would you believe the devil moved with us? <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, because it's your husband. <laughs> anyway, it was just a crazy kind of a thing. And uh, I've seen her since, and there hasn't been any devil possession talk. Maybe, maybe they got it all worked out. I don't know. But like on that particular trip, by the end of the trip, she was like, oh, I can't wait to go home to see my husband. And I was thinking, oh, takes all kinds. <laughs> so I was working this flight and this flight attendant keep telling me that passenger in 3 Alpha, let's put a name, is blowing kisses at you. Oh. There's a guy in there, mind that. And I'm like, yeah, you're kidding. No, the guy actually was blowing kisses at me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. So I continue doing my service, walking by and everything. Then I feel somebody growling my ass. And I turn around, and of course it's 3 Alpha. And he doesn't let it go. He just kept your hand like, like a stick to my ass. And I'm like, sir, if you don't let go of my ass, how am I supposed to help the rest of the passengers? Everybody cracks out laughing and everything, and he gets so embarrassed, and then finally he let me go. That was it. But he was crazy. This guy was crazy. I was like, there's not even an ass in there, so I don't know what he was holding to. But... <laughs> I want to thank any of you who were so kind. And when you were going to buy something on Amazon, you took the time and went to my website, bettingthesky.com, or you can bookmark it. If you have your ad blocker on, the links won't show. But if you click through, it doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. I like to see what people buy. Uh, This month, 17 people clicked through and bought my book, Tar. And I wanted to tell uh, one quick comment I got from a listener named Chris, and he said, just finished Tar. Couldn't stop reading towards the end. I think you need to give yourself more credit. It's a well-written, captivating, exciting book. Hope the next book is published soon, because I really want to read it too. So nice! You don't know how, you don't know how that warms my heart. Thank you so much. And I'm about halfway through editing Uh, the tar maker. And I'll give you an update at some point in this show whether or not the audiobook is out. uh, As I'm I'm recording this, it's not. So hopefully it'll be out soon. I'll keep you updated. But other people bought on Amazon Everything Explained for the Professional Pilot, Fisherman's Ultimate Not Guide, an ATV street bike by Kawasaki. I just like saying Kawasaki. (laughs) Thank you so much. said you had a bad flight. Yes, I did. Um, first of all, the airplane, the main cabin didn't have any water, so we couldn't do any uh, any coffee teas whatsoever. The four left-right bathrooms did not work. The three, Jeez. just like barely, and the twos were the only functional ones. So about three hours into flight, a lady decided to go into the to right bathroom and she stayed there for about four hours four hours yes four hours she decided uh we found out that she had persistent diarrhea she came from <laughs> she came from cairo did you say there's only two bathrooms working so, yes and now one fully is... working one is occupied by the diarrhea lady <laughs> <laughs> so i knocked on the door and i she was talking through the door and i went like i really can't understand you could you just open up the door a little bit so I can right. hear what's going on with you and she opened up the door she was butt naked in there she was totally naked butt naked butt naked so she said I need some clothes you need to give me my suitcase so we got her her suitcase 
we got gray bags, we've got hot towels, we've got you just name it, we've got everything for her so she could clean herself. And she, she was in there with her suitcase for with four her suit hours. with her suitcase for four hours. She moved in. She moved in. <laughs> she moved in. So when I got off break, she was in the bathroom again, and I went like. You need to put on some clothes because you can't land in the bathroom. But naked. But naked. <laughs> okay, so what happened? So um, we're coming back on the all-nighter from San Diego, and I'm with my friend, my fellow flight is in it. So we are so tired because we try to do everything. We get on the plane, and we, you know, you that fourth, what is it, the fifth person wasn't on the rotation with us coming back. So we meet her. She comes out. She's like, "Hi, everybody!" Da, 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 da. And she's just talking so fast, and we're all just like, "Wow, did you? What kind of coffee are you on?" You know, in our heads. So she's like, I "Already set up everything. Everything's good. You don't have to do anything." Da, da, da. And she's like drooling a little bit out of her mouth. So we're, we're we both look at each other, and we're just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like she has so much energy yeah. this late. So as the night goes on, she's like, "We, you'll go to get a cup," and she's like, "Let me get that for you." Get this, this. Like during the service, I was on the cart with her, and she wanted to. She was like. Oh, just give me, give me eight rolls. Like, you know, and I was just kind of like, oh my gosh. You're like, chill out. Yeah, so we get to the back, and finally my friend says, what did you do? I need to be on whatever you're on because, and she goes, actually, um, when I get home, when I do these trips all the time, I'm, um, I would fall asleep and run off the road on my yeah, way driving, home because yeah. she would, she lives like an hour in some, in uh, Georgia somewhere. So she said she told her doctor to up her Adderall. Oh my but this was her first time experiencing, you know, the the, uh, the upper dosage or the extra dosage of Adderall. And she was, and so she was like, oh my gosh, you guys noticed, or, you know, and we're kind of like, like, oh, yeah, you we know, help yeah, we're like, yeah, you're little. And she's like, I, I thought I was, but I wasn't sure. And then she just starts kind of freaking out. And uh, we were like, well, and you're, you know, drooling. She's like, I know I used to, she's like, oh my gosh. And she's like, drooling. Like, it was just so funny. But even after the conversation, she just couldn't stop because we had downtime and she pulled out everyone a crate to sit on. She's like, let me get you a crate. Let me get oh you a crate. Gosh. And she put them in a circle so we all sit down. And she was just, we were, and then at the end, we we're like, we hope you get home. You know, yeah. have a She's like, oh, I will. I will. We're like, okay. You That's might a- need to go back down. Yeah. Just one more night. Just to calm like, down. Yeah, just say. to, she was just on it. She did everything. I'd Otherwise, never seen anyone you're do like, that. Uh, I'll have what she's having. Right. <laughs> Double. <laughs> Double. That's okay. And so the same trip, we get to the hotel. It's my second trip ever. So the crew's treating me really well. And they're going to buy my drinks. We're having a good time. And then around 11 p.m., half of us are left. The captain comes down. He says, we all need to leave right now. So I got pretty excited. I was like, oh, cool. Where are we going? Like, I thought we were going to go out, maybe go dancing. No. He was like, nope, I need you to go up to your room. Do not put on your uniform. Do not let anyone see who you are. Meet down in the lobby in six minutes right now right now and so uh, this is my second trip ever I didn't have an international plan couldn't text my parents couldn't be like oh right. oh and also the pilots have been joking about selling me the whole oh. trip because they can because they can $10,000 exactly <laughs> and so offered her $10,000 on the plane to sleep with them where were you going Nigeria yeah. <laughs> um, so then we get down we found out someone called in a threat that they were going to bomb the Malicious. hotel kidnap all the air crew and murder them so do you know that that hotel gets mm-hmm. threatened all the time i've heard it on the news apparently yeah. i was uh, boarding a flight out of rome 
uh, recently, and a really handsome man got on the plane in first class, and uh, I don't see that many men I find very attractive. This guy had like dark skin and um, aquamarine eyes, and uh, just, you know, you just kind of went like, wow. <laughs> so he's getting to his seat, and I'm in the aisle holding like champagne and orange juice, and I notice he has pants on that weren't normal pants. They kind of like gathered at the ankle. They were uh, an unusual color. So I said to him, I said, I like your pants. <laughs> and then I realized that that was a really strange thing to say. Like that that's, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's inappropriate, but it's a little racy. I wasn't trying to be racy and that, you know, provocative or anything. I just like, I like your pants. <laughs> so actually it kind of worked. He was flirty. He was looking at me a lot. Um, I asked him, you know, I was asking him if he was Italian. Uh, it's it sort of warmed things up a little bit. I guess maybe men like to be told that you like their pants. <laughs> I might try it again. We'll see because, uh, you know, it has to be in the, you know, they couldn't just have like sweatpants on or something because then it would be odd. I I was kind of looking in his private area when I said, I like your pants. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world in Uganda together. Bitsy! Cool.